I'd like to talk to you about today. We're in a little bit of a series here about, um, well, it's a unique series of where God is leading us next. And uh, um, I want to talk to you about overcoming the same old, same old. The same old, same old. I want to talk to you about that. It's a phrase that we use sometimes, don't we, when we're kind of bored or when we, uh, our lives kind of are just stuck in a rut. And so I'd like to talk to you about uh, the overcoming the Christian same old, same old. And I took a couple of scriptures here. One of them is a scripture uh, that Paul is, is uh, giving the Corinthians or one that he is, he's trying to explain to them the glory of the gospel of, uh, that, that in the Old Testament that their Christ, uh, the glory of God was veiled to us. But in the New Testament, we, uh, we, we find ourselves when we turn to Jesus, there is uh, a glory of the Lord begins to work in our life and we are transformed into the image, the character of Jesus. And it's just not this just doesn't happen once. It, it continues to happen throughout our life. Uh, God continues to take us from one level to the next. And um, that's what Paul says. He says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty or there's freedom. But we all with unveiled faces, because he's talking about Moses. He had a veiled face. You know, when he saw the glory of God, he put a veil over his face. Um, but with unveiled faces... Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So Paul is telling us here that as Christians, we might fall into pattern the same old, same old, but the Holy Spirit will not allow us to be there long. Because to be a Christian who is on the right track, loved ones, we are in the process of being transformed glory unto glory. If you're not being transformed glory unto glory, if that's not happening in your life, then you're experiencing the same old, same old. You're going through the routines of Christianity. You're going through the rut of just simply going through the form of it. And uh, nothing exciting is happening where you're learning something new of the Lord or, or experiencing some of the dynamics of a relationship that is, is increasing or is being enhanced by the Holy Spirit and where you're growing in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. I also like to look for, uh, we checked out last week um, the book, book of Revelation and we were talking about chapters 5 and 6 and I'd like to um, just hit on this a little bit further in Revelation chapter 8 verses 1 to 5. You remember right, what's, what took place before this is that the Apostle John, he sees that the Father is holding a scroll. It's the master plan of salvation, his master plan for, for, uh, for, the, for the universe, for mankind and for all creation, for the restoration of mankind, the restoration of creation. And it's bound by six seals, and uh, the Lamb of God comes, and uh, no one is worthy to... To, to unfold that scroll to break those seals except the Lamb of God. And uh, the Apostle John tells us here, he says, and when the Lamb broke the seventh seal, here the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And in our study of Revelation before, we don't have time to look at this now, but what is being emphasized here, what is being symbolized here, this is when we get to go to heaven that uh, these six seals or these seven seals are, are things that happen in this world about God is bringing judgments upon this world and he finally gets us to heaven and heaven is so marvelous that John just simply says there was silence we're not allowed to know how marvelous heaven is it's beyond our comprehension anyway you know 
So we have this, we have this uh, information here that John gives us that, that in heaven it's going to be so wonderful. There was just silence. I don't have anything to tell you about it. I can't tell you how glorious it is. It's beyond my comprehension and it's, it's, it's beyond ours. So God just, he just doesn't tell us anything about it. But then John said, and I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. So we're getting ready to go now through seven trumpets that basically said the same thing as the seven seals. But uh, another angel came and stood at the altar holding a golden censer. And much incense was given to him so that he might add it to the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. And then the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and threw it to the earth. And there followed peals of thunder and sounds of flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Wow, that's a lot of symbolism there to say how important our prayers are. How important our prayers to God that when we pray, God does not forget one prayer that we breathe, that we express to him. John says this in a couple different places, and I just read to it one, just read to you one place here, that God collects all of our prayers, prayers that are, that are proper, prayers that are for the furtherance of his kingdom, prayers that are for the furtherance of his kingdom in the lives of people who are unsaved, prayers that we offer up to pe- for, for people's salvation, prayers we offer up for, the, for God's will to be done in situations. Those prayers are collected in heaven. They're all there from all the ages. All the ages. And anyway, we'll talk more about how God takes these prayers and mixes them with his power. And they come back to the earth and God works his will. Well, we're going to look at that more in more detail here today. You know, this uh, election we just had last Tuesday once again proved to me that uh, not only the inaccuracy of our news media polls... <laughs> With a, with a huge claim of, uh, you know, uh, political upset. But it definitely and clearly reminded us that we are living in a stressful, uh, chaotic days of opposing worldviews within our once united nation. One of the things that I pray the Lord, I said, Lord, help me today to have my eyes open to what's going on around me. Help me to understand how to apply your truth, how to apply your kingdom, how to live for you in this world in that you have placed me, this culture you have placed me, this United States, this nation you have placed me. Help me to know what's happening around me. The battle is on all fronts. The battle between the biblical truth and our biblical values of our nation, which we were built upon, and the opposing anti-Christian socialist Marxist forces, excuse me, is a a daily reality to us. We know it's there. We see it. And what we are seeing are opposing spiritual forces, our opposing spiritual philosophies, duking it out, if you will. They're duking it out every day. Duking it out. it's a daily reality, and, and we, have to, we, we have to keep our, our eyes open and our heads on straight and our hearts grounded in God's Word is what we need. And what we're seeing, actually, it's quite simple. We're simply seeing the, the battle that, is exist, that exists in this world. It's not just our nation. It's other nations as well. But we're really seeing it exemplified here. We're seeing a battle between the authority of God's Word 
and the authority of man's word. That's all. We're, that's what we're seeing going on here. The Bible against the philosophies of mankind, the philosophies of of that secular culture that is in our is in our country, where. Uh, Man is always wanting to exert his authority over what God says is right and wrong. So it's important for us, you know, as we see these opposing spiritual forces uh, battling it out, it's, uh, we, it's important for us, loved ones, uh, uh, very important that we stay in step with the Holy Spirit. That we stand step with the Holy Spirit of Jesus and walk in the light as he's in the light. And especially, definitely now, we need to. These are days to prepare our hearts. And can I say it? I just feel like it's days to be ready, ready, ready for spiritual action. And you say, well, what kind of spiritual action are you talking about, PD? Well, staying in touch with the control tower. That's what I, that's what I think is just so important. Staying in touch with the control tower. You know, when a, when a small aircraft uh, is lost in the fog or is, uh, is attempting to, uh, uh, to land in, uh, in the dense cloud cover, have you ever seen this? Have you ever read stories about these guys who are who these, in these small aircraft who are lost, who can't find their way? They have to stay in constant contact with the control tower. They have to. They, they can't see what's going on around them. And they don't know how to get down. They, they, they don't know. They're, they're, they're asking for, you know, asking for directions. And, you know, how fast am I going? How high am I? What's my vector? Where, where, where am I at? In a very similar manner, spiritually, you know, I'm the same way in this culture of ours. I, I cannot be a Christian all by myself. I cannot be a Christian all by myself. Um, uh, it's just not possible. Believe me. Uh, I've tried. And there's been times the devil has had me for lunch. <laughs> As I've tried to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to grit my teeth and by my sheer willpower serve the Lord. And I find out that, yeah, it takes that, but it takes more than that because I've tried to do it just that way and it doesn't work because the devil defeats me. But when I keep my eyes first focused on him and trusting him, trusting and then obeying, then I'm able to walk in his righteousness and his truth. You know, uh, it's, it's hard. It's by our, on our own, we can't overcome the world. Jesus, matter of fact, he said this, didn't he? He said, uh, he was telling his disciples, he says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. This world hates God, but, but take heart because I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. 1 John 5 says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. So it's imperative, isn't it, that, that I understand my need to stay in connection with the control tower. I must stay in connection uh, in this day and age. Staying connected is, is not, again, not all my efforts. Just remember, God is for us and not against us. Amen. I, but I need to learn how to understand the cues that He gives me. You know, the Lord gives you cues. You ever, you know, what a cue is, don't you? Have you ever been in a play? You ever been in a play where you had a certain cue? This is your cue to come in at this time. Yeah, how I many you know what I'm talking about? You know, this is your cue to come in at this time. There's been, and have you ever seen somebody miss their cue? <laughs> There's this awkward silence. Everybody's like, who's next? What's, what's going on? Some, somebody missed their cue. Or they miss their cue and they start talking and they say a sentence or they say a line that doesn't make any sense because somebody, they, 
somebody else is supposed to go first. No, they, they somehow missed their cue. There's, and, uh, you know, I've conducted weddings many times over, over the years, and frequently in a ceremony, I will, give, I, I, I will give a cue to the bride and groom that nobody else knows uh, except the bride and groom. And it signals the wedding couple that, okay, when I say this, you're supposed to move over here or you're supposed to start doing this, maybe lighting a candle or doing some of their activity. You know, you're supposed to do that. So listen for the cue. And then that way, if things will just run real smoothly. And uh, occasionally, due to nerves, the couple, they'll either jump the gun and you're moving before. It's not time to move yet, but I can't stop them and say, wait, 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 you can't go yet. You just got to have to learn to flow with it and say, how are we going to fix this, you know? Or maybe they, they don't move at all. And you think, you know, you kind of give them the nod like, it's time, you know. No, it's time to go. Okay, no, <laughs> you know, you know. There's there's times you give them those those cues, and um, do you think the Lord ever gives you cues? Hmm. Yeah, Lowell says, yeah, he sure does. The Lord ever give you a cue, trying to get your attention, uh, calling out from the control tower to you that that he's wanting to move you to a new spiritual level? Has he ever done that for you? Or is he, he's moving you from the, the same old, same old you're used to, uh, that same old level of faith you have in him, that same old ministry that you've done, or the same old attitude you've always had that needs to change? You know, uh, maybe that same old level of love. Do you think your love can grow for God? You know, does our love ever grow? You know, I think we can, we have, we know it does as we, our love grows for other people as we learn to love them and as we, as we uh, do the right things. I was recently chatting with a young Christian lady who is very involved in her church. And uh, I asked her how her ministry was going and she said this, she said, oh, oh you know, the same old, same old. Yeah, the same old, same old. And I'm sure... All of us had felt that way in our spiritual lives over, over the years from time to time. It's just the same old thing. And may I tell you, my friends, I wouldn't be surprised if that young lady is on the verge of getting a cue from the control tower. Because the goal of the Holy Spirit is to take us from one level of glory to the next. He's not satisfied with us staying at the same place all the time. He's got much more for us to learn, much more for us to experience in Christ that, than what we have come to experience so far. It's, um, it could be come in the form of a trial. It could come in the form of a hardship or a difficulty or just a sudden longing to know God better. Uh, a need to be beyond where you're at right now. Let me tell you something very wonderful about your friend, the Holy Spirit of Jesus. Again, he is just not satisfied with you hanging out on the same old, same old level. He's just not, he won't let you do it. He's going to do something. Uh, he's, he's just so brilliant and almighty. He knows how to, he knows how to, to tweak your life in such a way or, or, or do something that causes you to have to move. <laughs> You've got to move. He won't let you stay. Because, uh, you know, whether you stay for sentimentality or you stay just because you're lazy or whatever it is, he's going to somehow, he's going to do all he can to get you to move. 
in growth and knowing him and being able to, to be able to uh, be the light of the Lord, to be this priest we talked about last week. How to be a better priest to the world and to show God's goodness to people around you. Well, <laughs> sometimes we just uh, we get acclimated, don't we, to the, the same level we've been on for so long the current level of our spiritual growth. There's, there's just no longer any challenges. We're so used to everything that happens to us. You know, have you ever got bored in your job? Because it's just, there's no challenge anymore. You know, you just do the routine, the same old thing all the time. You know, and uh, there's just, you, you, know, you don't have to, you're not pressed upon. You're not, you're not, there's no pressure to learn something that's going to stretch you, you know. Um, I was talking to my son yesterday in the job that he has right now. And uh, as he shared with me, he, he's being stretched. He said, uh, Dad, I, I don't know how to do some of these things. And so I go to work every day and just my ears are open. They're open to listen to the guys who know what they're doing. <laughs> and I want to hear them say things so I can understand what I'm supposed to be doing. And he's, so he's being stretched. You know, it's, you know, uh, it's, that's really a special place to be. You're, you, I mean, it's not so fun because you're under stress, but there's no, I don't know any way to get to a higher level without being a little stressed. Because that's why you're going to a higher level because you're, well, you're not used to climbing up there. You're not used to using those muscles and you're used to being down here. This is easier, right? So when God forces us to go to a higher level, you know, spiritually, then it's like, oh, it's tough. We're in a trial. We're, we're, we're stressed out. We, you know, when people pray for me, please, I'm having a hard time, you know. Yeah, it's not easy. I, I mean, just ask Job. Ask Job how tough it was. Goodness. Up to that time in Job's, in, in, in human history, all the people knew is that when things bad happen to you, that's because you're a sinner. When things good happen to you, it's because you're wonderfully righteous. And here we got Job, who's going through a horrible, terrible time of suffering, lost his family, his property, his health. And his friends are telling him how rotten he is, what a rotten sinner he is. He says, but I, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I haven't rebelled against God. And so that, Job, he's struggling, thinking, what? I don't understand. My, my knowledge is not, I'm faulty. God, help me. And here he is struggling, crawling up to a higher level. We find out at the end that Job was, well, he was, he was so blessed. He, he reached this level of maturity that was more than before. And it enabled him to receive more abundant blessing from God and to be a greater blessing. Ones, that's what I see with going to a higher level. Not only are you more intimate with God, but also he blesses you, yes, but you're able to be a blessing in ways you've not been before to, you know, to, to people. It's, um, it's certainly not the same old, same old. I'll tell you that. It's, uh, things are new, and your face shows it, and you're happy. There's something new going on in your life. Amen? Have you, have you ever been pushed to a higher level in Jesus? to grow taller in his kingdom. There's been many times when I'm at the store and uh, we walk along the store and there'll be a vertically challenged person next to me. They're short. <laughs> 
And I can't tell you how many times they, I've heard this little voice said, could you reach to that top shelf and get that item for me? Yeah. And I'll look and there's this little, this little person here. And I said, oh, sure, I'll be glad to, you know. So, and yeah, they need something. They need something on the top shelf. They can't reach it. Can I tell you, sometimes there's nobody around to help us. And there's only one way to get the top shelf. You got to take some extra effort to either find a step stool or you just climb up the shelves. You ever climb up the shelves? I've done that before. I'm thinking, I hope this doesn't collapse. This will be really embarrassing. And I'm stepping on the shelves trying to get up to something. Yeah, anybody else done that? Merlin, have you done that? I bet you have, yeah. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? There, there's times when there's only one way to get to the upper level. It's, it's going to take some effort on, on, on your, your part. Yeah. Some items in the Lord are just on a different level that requires to strive upward to levels that we currently don't understand and frankly we're just we just we just get kind of kind of lazy because we're so used to we're able to do the Lord's work we don't need his help I mean we're so acclimated to this level of ministry or this level of maturity this level of spiritual experience we're so acclimated to it you know and and the devil just yawns at us really he sees you starting to climb to a higher level. He's going to go, ah, you know, because you're going to be learning something about the Lord that you didn't know before, and you're going to be a powerhouse too. The Lord and I were fellowshipping the other day, and he so kindly and just clearly informed me that generally we don't know how to climb to a higher spiritual level with him. We usually don't know how to do it. I mean, we know how to read our Bibles, and, and, we, and we try to pray, but let me tell you, it's... It's His grace. It's, he gives us these cues. Where all of a sudden, He's given us a cue what to do. <laughs> it could be a lot of things. I'm going to tell you. It could be, it could be the Lord might say, I want you to stop using your Saturdays for yourself for a while and go help somebody else or I want you to go help that person or I want you to go I want you to stop I want you to stop buying this certain thing and I want you to give your money to this. It's something that's going to change in life where he's giving these little cues. I, I, I want I'm, I'm wanting you to think about this to I want you to think about praying all week for your grandchildren. something different. Why don't you think about that, David? Why don't you do that? Hmm. Anyway, every, every spiritual level is, is of growth is uncomfortable because it changes us. It changes uh, our habit. It changes our root routine. But he's the one who lovingly just creates situations that requires us to start climbing up a hill with a better view. It's not easy. It's stretching to, up to cling on to some spiritual hope when there's nothing but God to trust. You know, we don't understand some trials uh, that are forced on us. We, you know, we question God. Why, why is this happening to me? What have I done wrong? And, you know, and all, all the while, it's the Lord simply forcing us out of our comfortableness and, our, and forcing us to use spiritual muscles that we've never used before. 
just like Job had to do. I remember when I was a kid, uh, I haven't sung it for a long, long time, but I'm sure you know this song. When I was a kid, a church uh, growing up over there in, in, at my home church in Kokomo, we used to sing a song. It goes deeper, deeper. You remember this song? Um, deeper, deeper, in the love of Jesus, daily let me go. Higher, higher, in the school of wisdom, more of grace to know. When I was a kid, I didn't realize this is a, this is a spiritual level song. This is, always, this is one of those songs where God's people are singing about, please God, push me higher. <laughs> push me deeper. Push me higher. Same, same thing. It says, deeper, deeper, blessed Holy Spirit. Take me deeper still till my life is wholly lost in Jesus and his perfect will. Deeper, deeper, though it cost hard trials. Deeper, let me go. <laughs> Rooted in the holy love of Jesus, let me fruitful grow. The fourth verse says, Deeper, higher, every day in Jesus, till all conflict past, finds me conqueror. Yeah. And in his own image, perfected or perfected at last. Oh, deeper yet I pray and higher every day. And wiser, blessed Lord, in thy precious holy word. They knew all about growing to higher levels. You know, uh, Back even when I was a kid, and I didn't even know what they were talking about then. <laughs> we saw last Sunday that in, in book of Book of Revelation, chapter five and six, that Jesus alone is worthy to put to put uh, into place God's master plan of salvation of all the ages for all mankind, and also to re- restore righteous justice uh, to all creation. Isn't that going to be a day? I want to preach on that. What a day that's going to be. Have you thought about that? Jesus said that on that day, John actually talks about it too in these, all these different symbols that he gives and the seals and the trumpets and the bowls and things. But isn't it going to be a day when we stand before the Lord? I mean everybody. Everybody. All the way from Adam to the last person ever born. We'll be standing before the Lord, either on the left or the right, either on the, the goat side or the sheep side. And isn't that going to be something? That we're going to see all the people who have ever been born standing before the Lord. Yeah. Jesus told us that. He said, even the Queen of Sheba will be there. You know, you know the, all these, he said, even the people from Sodom and Gomorrah are going to be there. You know, he's telling the Pharisees. He said, someday when you stand before me and all the other people who lived before you will be there too. He said, then the Lord will separate the sheep from the goats. And, and what's he doing? He's basically, he's basically restoring justice to his creation, his, un- his universe. He's going to look at all the injustice that was done, all the wrong things that were done, all the sinful things that were done. He's going to restore righteousness at that time and bring punishment to where punishment is due. Amen. Wow. What a day this is going to be. Amen. Well, we saw here that, that, that Jesus has called you and me to be a kingdom of priests to this world that uh, is lost in darkness. And Jesus alone is worthy because his blood has ransomed people for God from every, every group of people on, on the earth. And it's because he caused those, uh, those same people like you and me to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And we'll reign on the earth, the Bible says. We also saw last week that all created beings in heaven at that time, John says, fell down in worship and they had golden bowls filled with incense which represented the prayers of God's people. And we looked at Peter, how Peter calls us, he says, and we're a chosen people. Uh, in verse 9 there, Second Peter, 
uh, uh, chapter 2, where, First uh, Peter chapter 2, excuse me, it says, for you are chosen people, you're a, ro- a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Well, the reason why God saved us and regenerated us and redeemed us is that we might be his priests in this world. You can be a priest in this world. That's what he calls us to be. That's what he expects us to be. It's a good thing to think about, too, if you love Jesus, that you are the world's only hope. Think about it. That's the reason he saved you, is that not only do you but have eternal life, but that you would be his priest and that you would, we would all collectively make a kingdom of priests and that we actually in ourselves, because we're in Christ, we are the world's only hope. I mean, we didn't die for them. Christ died for them. But as Christ's representative, as his priest, we are the ones who are here. We are the ones who people see. We're the ones people talk to. Jesus is invisible. He's gone to be with the Father. The Spirit is here, you know, within us. The Spirit of Christ within us. But we are the ones that people see. We're the ones that have to pray for, the, for people's lives. We're the ones that have to mediate between God and the lost. We have to be their representative. We have to go and say, this is who God is. We are, we're, we're the go-between, loved ones. That's what a priest does. We're the go-betweens. The world, I tell you, you know, you... Uh, you're, your only, you're the only hope for your unsaved spouse. You're the only hope for your unsaved children. You're the only hope for your unsaved grandchildren. You're the only hope for your unsaved parents. You're the one. You were the one who had the light. You're the, one had, you're, you're the one who's the priest. Who's called to pray, first of all. To pray. To pray for them. John saw that being a spiritual priest and praying had a connection there's a connection here. Being a priest and prayer, is con- there is a, there's a connection. He saw that heaven is full of all the prayers of the saints. The saints, of course, are God's holy people. No prayer lifted up to God for the advancement of his glory and kingdom, you know, goes unnoticed by God or forgotten by God. All those prayers that reflect thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, those are collected up there. They're remembered by God. And when we pray for our families, we can pray that, Lord, I'm praying that your kingdom will come into their life, into their thinking, into their mind. It's like what Solomon said last week when his brother gave his heart to Jesus. He couldn't understand the concept of heart, so my little grandson Solomon said that Jesus came into his brain. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, we, we need you in people's brains. Lord, my son needs you in his brain. He need, his thinking needs to be wrapped around you. He, he's the world is, is capturing him. He, he's, he's more pressured by the world than he is by God. And God can somehow cue him in <laughs> to uh, having to change or having some difficulty in his life that makes him turn to you or makes your daughter turn to you. Um, all those prayers, none of them are lost. Jesus said that we ought to always pray and not give up. God uses our prayers to bring about the judgments upon, upon sin to the world as well. So loved ones, just as I close here, do you know, you know how significant your prayers are? Again, the reason why we know that is because what the Word tells us 
John said he saw that our prayers are collected in heaven. They're mixed with the fire from the altar, which is basically the power of God, and they're flung back to the earth. That's a symbolic language of saying that God is at work through our prayers. His power is working through our prayers to touch people we are praying for. And that it's our responsibility to pray for them because we're priests. We're their only hope. Amen? I believe God's calling us to a higher level of prayer in our prayer relationship with Him. I now, a lot of times when you talk about prayer, everybody feels guilty because, oh no, I don't feel like I pray good enough anyway. That's not what this, this thought or this message is about at all. Uh, this, I hope this prayer is inspirational. I mean, this message is inspirational, trying to inspire us to not feel guilty, but to say, Lord, I want to learn. I want to be a better priest. I want to, I want to, I want to catch your cues. I want to stay in contact with the control tower. I don't want to, you know, when I get a message from the control tower, I just want to, you know, neglect that, turn off the radio and just go about my same old, same old life. You know? <laughs> I want to turn on the radio. I want to hear it. I want to, I want to obey. I want to step over and do something different. Not the same old, same old. When, whatever you say, Lord. I think one of these things is is being a better priest and, and just seeing the importance of prayer. And praying not complicated prayers, just praying simple prayers for people we love who are unsaved. Yeah, they know the gospel. They, they were raised in church, but they're no longer in church. They're no longer following Jesus, or maybe they never did make that commitment. But we want to make sure that they get their cue from God that they that they, the control tower zeroes in on them and we're their only hope it says right there that's our prayers that are going up God says I see your prayers I'm mixing my power with it I'm flinging it back to the earth I'm, I'm going to touch I'm going to convict I'm going to I'm going to cue in this person who never thinks about me Amen. This week, I don't know if you if you feel this urge, but I I was shared here that I really sense an urge to pray for my my children, my grandchildren. This week, I wonder if you would like to join me. Maybe the Lord hasn't spoke to you about that, and that's okay. Maybe there's something else He's you know He's speaking to you on. But wouldn't that be something if if we as a church really got really saw this? really saw the truth here that when we pray God listens we pray your kingdom come your will be done in our grandchildren in our children's lives oh God he hasn't forgotten them he's not forgotten their names and he is working he's mixing his power he's, he's, he's working in their lives let us keep praying amen would you join me this let's stand together and if you would join me here, and uh, thank you for your kind attention today. Would you like to join me, you know, in, in prayer?
praying, you know, really every day this week. Just praying for your children or grandchildren or someone you know. Maybe it might be a nephew, a niece who is on your heart, who is unsaved, who needs Jesus. And you're, and you're really, you really want God to work in their life. With your heads bowed, it's nothing to be embarrassed about, of course, but I just want to give you a little bit of privacy here. Would you raise your hand and say, PD, I, I'm with you. I'm tired of the same old, same old. I want to experience a new level of prayer. Praying, and this week I'm going to pray for my kids and grandkids. Or my, or my nieces or nephews. Would you raise your hand and say, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Just hold it up there high so I can see you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this. Wonderful. Lord, you see these hands today. I, I believe your spirit has spoken to them. I believe it. I, I believe you have spoken to all of our hearts of wanting to just get out of this, the doldrums of the same old, same old routine, the same old expectations, Lord. We need, a, Lord, we, we need something new in our life. We need something fresh and new. And, and we pray that we will, we, we, don't, we don't know all you're going to do in us, but we know one thing we want to do. We want to begin to pray. We want to begin to be, to be the priests that you've called us to be and regularly pray for our children and grandchildren that they would come to know Jesus as their Savior. And if they already know him, that they would grow, that they won't get stuck in the same old, same old, but they would be used mightily of you. Father, you saw the hands that went up. I pray, Lord, that you will save our children. I pray that you will save our children from their sins. That you will get their attention. That, Lord, you will cue in on them. And that, that, they, that they will know something is changing. Something's, Lord, I pray you'll throw them into confusion even if you have to. That would cause them to have to start seeking and searching for, for you. Lord, we, we pray our grandkids who some might be very small some might be adults now but Lord that if they don't know you we pray that you will you will speak to their hearts we pray but I pray that we will learn something new about you about ourselves about prayer as we faithfully pray this week for our grandkids and our children help us to be better than better than uh, what we what we quite comprehend right right now help us to at least know how to uh, rise to a higher level of glory that we might look more and more like Jesus in your name we pray now all God's people said amen amen God bless you thank you for your kind attention and uh, I pray you'll have a good afternoon a restful one Lord uh, fellowship with you today